In part two of my conversation with Hulkin, we talk about his interpretation of the Charlier Etudes, which leads to a few ideas about interpretation in general. Finally, I ask Hulkin about his friendship with Andres Nelsons, the trumpet-playing music director of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. If you enjoyed this conversation, please feel free to leave a rating or review. Well, I'd like to move ahead and talk about something that you've been working on lately, and that's your Charlier project. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, how did that get started? Was that the idea of the Melbourne Symphony, or was that your concept? No, it was this this uh, horrible virus that we are trying to live with. I know that, but I mean, did they first suggest it to you? Or no, 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 no. I mean, when when this, I mean, this is all. It's a year ago, you know. And I came back from uh, Berlin, where I'd had the last normal <laughs> concert with audience. It's already started that there was anxiety and less audience and some people wearing masks and no handshake. It was already getting uh, dangerous. And then suddenly, I mean, you remember, it all went very, very fast. And we, we suddenly realized that this is now, this is not just something that stays in one part of the world. This is hitting all of us, you know, in all walks of, walks of life. And, 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 and it's a terrible, terrible thing. And, and for a while, I didn't want to get out of bed. I mean, I, I, I got very depressed about things. And, and we all know the trumpet is not an instrument. If you, 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 you cannot take two months off and then think that you should play at the same level. And we, of course, there was no, had I known then that it was going to be a year, I don't know if I would have had this idea, but, but, <laughs> uh, or if I would have stayed in bed then. Anyway, I finally had, I, I was thinking, what do I do? What, what, what can I cling on to that, that you know, I, I have the luxury of having a musical instrument that I love and that can take up a big part of the day for me if I allow it to do so. Um, but I can't only be playing, you know, physical exercises. Uh, I won't be able to make music with, with colleagues. There won't be any chamber music. We don't have any Bach solo pieces for trumpet. We don't have any, you know, we we, we play one note at a time. Uh, it's a very solitary instrument. So I did two things. I, I, I took the, the Charlier book, which I've always loved. I really, and I always thought that this is, is probably the best in a traditional language. It's the best unaccompanied music that we have. And it offers many, many ways in, and, and he, he was a true master of, of notation. Everything is notated, everything. So I thought, well, I'll, you know, they've been with me all my life. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll dig a little bit deeper in them, and and then I thought I don't I don't want to sit by my computer and and uh, you know it's too sad. And then I don't know if I ask them. I think I mentioned it, and they said, "Well, come here and do it." You know, you can, you can come here after rehearsal because the orchestra was still playing even without audience. They were playing so. They say, come here after rehearsal and, and, uh, and we'll record. And we just do it with the existing microphones and the, and, the, and the lights that are there. 
And then, of course, when the first couple of ones were, were put out, I, I, the, the feedback was surprising. I mean, I did it basically only to, for me to have something to do and to stay in shape. But but it also became a way of of keeping in touch with with an audience. So it served several purposes. I also, at the same time, asked some composers that that. Uh, that I've been working with. I said, I'm, 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 I'm sitting here on my own and, and I have nothing to play. So I, I have a bunch of pieces also from, from some wonderful composers who, who wrote very soon. I mean, there's one, the title is so, so poetic. The Be- Betsy Jolas, she wrote a piece and it's called mm. Hello Out There. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and Brett Dean wrote a piece called Bunker Music because okay. he, you know, he, he actually was hit and nice. had, to, had to go into the bunker. So, and it was the first music he, he wrote. Hmm. He, got him, he got him started again. So that also, and I, and I also created a little Corona duo with a wonderful guitarist called Mats Bergström because for a while here we could play for 50 people. And I thought, well, what do I do for fifty people? I can't, you know, I can't, I can't give them two hours of Charlie etudes. I think that will bore them. <laughs> so the idea of playing intimate stuff with guitar, and, and we, and we uh, had some pieces written also for that. This could be my faulty memory, but I have this vague memory of you telling me that a long time ago you did a concert or several concerts of Charlie. And a poet read his poetry. No, that's the same poet I actually mentioned before. It and Jacques, and he, we put together. Um, it was a very beautiful program. It had Blake Watkins, La Mode L'Aigle. It had uh, Takemitsu Paths. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Antoine Tisney, Emotion. But it also had Charlie Number Two. But only number two, with 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 a poem of his interfoiled into the etude, uh, and and very beautifully so, which made it almost like a little film. So you studied. You mentioned that you studied some Charlier with Boo and with Thibault, maybe not with Tom. But is your interpretation, or has your interpretation changed radically since when you studied with them? Because I'd like to talk to you with you about interpretation just a little bit to get your ideas on some things, which would be really interesting to me. So, first of all, did your has your interpretation uh, changed fairly radically, or just a little bit? How do I know? I mean, I, I have no recording evidence of. I, I I think we are, you know, as I mentioned before, some. You discover even some too late some mistakes you do that you keep doing, and I think I also might have done a few beautiful things all along. I think that's the same with all great music. It will continue to offer new doors to open. If I listen to my first recording of the Haydn, you know, when I was twenty-five or what, if you take only the first theme, I I, I play it like a young upcoming, you know, I played the three notes going up and showing here I am, you know, and now I play them the falling phrase that they are, whether that's from wisdom or from that I'm actually just old, who knows, but, but, but I am, I'm the same, you know, it's, 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 um, an interpretation is 
of pieces that you play all through your life. And interpretation is 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 like a, a plant, of you know. Um, and even if you do things that you think, well, certainly a mistake is a, a misreading of that's a mistake, and that that you know in a way should not be. But 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 it's music. It's not you know. It's not. Uh, it's not more serious than that. Well, you know, Glenn, Glenn Gould has did two recordings of, of the Goldberg Variations, and I don't know if you've heard, uh, because I know you've recorded both sides now, I don't know if you've heard the, the early version when, you know, oh, yes. uh, Johnny Mitchell just recorded it, and then the version she did many years later, which was Absolutely. very moving and really different, and they're both great. Yes. H- have you ever thought of re-recording the Haydn? Absolutely, yeah. We shall see if it happens, but of course I have, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a wonderful comparison. Yeah. Well, here's a question I have then about, about the Charlier and just about interpretation in general. And I'm still con- oh, I'm confused about a lot of things, but I'm still confused <laughs> about, about this. Your interpretation is like in terms of rhythm and in terms of rubato, it was really a revelation for me, especially in the later Charliers, that you were quite free with, with the rhythm and phrasing and... and really showed for me so many colors and it, it made me think of for example like a chopin etude is is it's not just an etude it's exactly. it's music it's it's great music and i'm not sure if it's because you obviously it's just because you are who you are but also you studied in france and going back to tom stevens tell me if i'm wrong on this but i think tom would have a more literal um interpretation in terms of rhythm and maybe not quite as much freedom let's say no, I think you're, you're. I think you're completely wrong. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's surprisingly. That, how do you really feel? Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, that's actually what I wanted to hear. I I think that I don't remember how what Boo's input was. I mean, what's very touching is that my 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 book still has the dates where he gave. It to me to, and you can see that it's you know for a while there it's one one a week and this is this is the year just before I went to Paris you can you can see when, also the year and he, he I think he made me play and he said certain things not very detailed I would say and Thibault also more let me play them. Uh, also would say certain things, but also general. But as I said, Tom made me really read music. And I don't think I'm doing much interpretation with them, actually. I think I'm basically doing what Charlier writes. And I think he is such a clever notator. And I think all music, you should put yourself, like Stravinsky says, put yourself in very rigid frame and then break from it, from what you can. I mean, I I don't see that I'm very free with them. I do treat them as if they were. I think it is the closest we have to some of them, like Chopin, some of them like Debussy. Some they are musical etudes. They 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 treat a certain problem, technical problem of the trumpet, but always in a in something that has a musical purpose. But he has a very subtle little way of notating these freedoms. For instance, one is when he puts, being a very good trumpet player, he sometimes put a breath mark where we absolutely don't need one. 
because we have there's been a breath just before it. So he obviously doesn't mean take a breath necessarily. He means it's a phrasing. Phrase, yeah. Yeah. The rhetoric of it. So here's another question for you. If you look at the last century, if, if you think of, um, or I guess it would be the century before that, if you think of, like in Germany as an example, you have Brahms and then followed by Hindemith, a certain style of writing. And, and in Russia, you have Tchaikovsky and Shostakovich. You wouldn't play Brahms like you'd play Tchaikovsky or Hindemith like Shostakovich. Today, when you get a new piece of music, it seems to me that, that a lot of the music of today is more international than nationally oriented, that you don't hear the country of the composer as much as more of a sort of general international language. Would you say that's true? Mm. In other words, if you were, if you were playing, if Tchaikovsky wrote a, a, violin, a, a trumpet concerto, you would really think of the Russian style. Sure. Of course. I mean, the sense of style is, and that's another aspect of the Charlier. He, he takes us through different inspirations for him. Mm-hmm. You know, Debussy, Wagner, uh, and, and things that were in his, and when he, when he writes modern etude, etude moderne, mm-hmm. Is, is very much Debussy because that was modern at that time. And I, I think the more we know about the style that the composer comes from, and I think, I'm not so sure I agree that you cannot hear, you might not hear exactly, it might not be a regional heritage so much now mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that you can identify a composer geographically, but I think you can very often identify a composer's genetic, artistic genetic code, if you understand what I mean. If you, if, if it's a composer that comes from, you know, you can hear that Brett Dean likes Stravinsky. You can, you can hear that Gruber is Viennese. He, for him, you can definitely hear. Yeah, that you can he, hear that in Ariel. Yeah, oh, for sure. absolutely, very Viennese. And in fact. Is Sibelius so Finnish? Yeah, sure, he is, but he is also something else. You know, uh, the regional aspect is, in a way, not the most interesting. The, 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 the expression always remains. The, the, that's why music needs no translation. It, it carries completely internationally. And, and it's, in some cases with composers, you can really hear geography, but you can almost always hear where they come from on an idea kind of level. Well, you're conducting now too, <laughs> or you were. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe this sort of coincides with the, with the last question, but you've conducted some orchestras like the Gavant House and, and Malmö Symphony and, and also uh, Seoul and, and the Tasmanian uh, Symphony. Do you find that those orchestras are really different in their approach? In the way they approach a, a, a type of music, or is it all pretty much the same? Well, yeah, all groups of, I mean, that's the challenge conducting, is that all groups of humans uh, are function in, in, a, in a microcosmos. Uh, it, well, but again, I don't think that has to do so much with geography. I think it's, it's that particular group has a certain chemistry, and that's what you have to, and I mean, I do so little conducting, and 
you know, if if like Thibaut says, trumpet the trumpet takes one lifetime is not enough. He said. So I'm sure it's the same for conducting. So whatever conducting I do is 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 just a little bonus, and and, and I try to do it mostly with people I know and that know me, so that there's not a whole. Uh, charade that has to be done on a on a human level but you know we know each other we trust each other and we can, we we like to make music so so most of the orchestras i conduct i i know from before but then you know you you you're never better than that same morning when you come in and and, and if you're not prepared they will not respect you because then you haven't respected them and and it's it's certainly interesting i mean i i'm not going to be um sort of repertoire conductor there's there's enough of those but i i've worked so much with uh, with so many composers and i feel that i have uh, many many things i would like to you know many pieces i would like to have played and by, by orchestras and and, and show to the audience and to put programs together i love very much yeah i think that would be that would be great do you have any future engagements coming up i mean once things get back to normal and do you, do you ex- expect to be doing more conducting? No, not really. I mean, I, it, it will take on the life that it does. We, we shall see. I, I, next season is um, a lot of playing. If if world comes back, I go around to a lot of wonderful orchestras. There's some conducting here and there, Stockholm Philharmonic. Now and then, I, I try to keep it to a few every season, not to get too rusty. And speaking of connecting, you seem to have a really special connection with Andres Nelsons, amongst others, partially or mainly because he's a trumpet player. Yeah, but, you know, I met him, I was almost sent out like a, like a spy. You know, the, my, the agency uh, in London, they said, well, there's this young conductor who's won uh, a competition and would you go and play with him and see? And, uh, and I did, and I said, well, Sign him, sign him yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and of course he's a trumpet player, and and it's it, you know the struggle I had in my early career, convincing orchestras and convincing conductors who already have a wonderful repertoire, and, and you know why should they want to play a, a trumpet concerto and, and to try to convince them that we we can do we can do interesting things and good things and, and then it, it was hard and now if someone comes along and, and is a great conductor and happens to like the trumpet then that's a, that's very good news i mean there's several there's also daniel harding was also right uh, yeah he i heard that he uh, gave up conducting for a year to become an airline pilot yeah, but he did that in the wrong year, so he oh. there hasn't been any any flying. Uh, but he, I'm sure he will. Yeah, he is. He is a certified, uh, employed by Air France, and uh, yeah. that's right. I did hear that he was a trumpet player at one time. Does yeah, he still but, play? I mean, I've heard that Nelson's like during intermissions of big concerts, he's practicing all, the trumpet all, all the time, all the time. And I mean, that's that's my fault because that was a year at. Tanglewood, and I, I, I had asked him many times if he still played. No, so um, I organized through someone we both know very well. Uh, I, <laughs> I organized the trumpet for him, and he was so. That I actually, I, there's at least a photo. I don't know if there's a, a little film, but the the very second, you know, after not playing the trumpet for 
15 years. He puts a trumpet to his face and and it's so beautiful. He becomes a child and it's, it's such unbelievable connection, you know, on a, on a very, very deep human uh, way between the instrument and, and what music means. And, and I think from that moment, he plays in every intermission, every all the time. And and I mean, he can. He was a professional. You have to say. I mean, he played in the in the opera orchestra in Riga, and he can, he can play. Well, I've heard the uh, John Williams uh, yes. video. Yeah, with Williams and conducting, which is impressive. Which is impressive to stand up in front of your own orchestra and and do that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I've never met him, but just. Actually, I saw a Boston Symphony concert that I thought was wonderful. And he did the Bartok Concerto for Orchestras, Mozart Piano Concerto, and, and Daphnis. And I heard colors and, and things that I'd never heard from, from those pieces, even the greatest recordings. But seeing videos of him when he conducts, you mentioned he was like a child when he got this trumpet. When he conducts, there's a certain freshness there or like almost childlike engagement with the piece that he's doing that's so strong i mean he it's it's impossible to misread him he, it is so clear his intentions and and also he is you know you know how in boston they, they'll you'll have the same program and you might even do four or five concerts of the same program right and you know let, let's say i'm there and i play this difficult trumpet concerto and you and you the first concert, you really psyched up, and you, you lots of adrenaline, and, and it goes goes well. Then the second, you know, oh, you know, and with him, and then you know, even even more difficult, the fourth concert. You know, how, how do I find you know energy? I'm tired now after three concerts, and but with him, he's just a force of nature. You walk on stage with him, and 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 it's a, it's a drug, you know, and and it's a it's not something you did yesterday. It has nothing to do with what you did yesterday. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely there and then and now, which is a wonderful gift. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, that is. Do you, do you think that's a gift, or do you think that's something that you can actually develop? I think it's a gift. I think a, a lot of people and a lot of circumstances can try to stop it. And you you can become a, a victim of because it's quite uncomfortable to have that kind of of energy. And people will people will want, oh no no we we better do it the same safe way we always did, like yesterday. No, I I think that it can be, but 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 when it's such a na when it's a force of nature, nobody will argue. You know, I mean, I I think yeah. he's I believe he's much loved with real orchestras he he works with. Yeah. Yeah, I was one time. I was in England, and um, I was talking to a horn player of, of one of the big orchestras, and he said, "You know, I I don't know if he used the word the most loved, but the most respected, you know, or liked, or whatever conductor in the world." And I said, uh, "I don't know, Gustavo Dudamel." And he said, "No, Andres Nelsons." Yeah. And so I think I think people just love him. And you know, he's also I've never heard him be disrespectful to an orchestra or to a musician. He he makes he makes people play. He 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 does all he can to to make it easier and for people to free themselves and give give something. You know, he almost uh, he asks very kindly, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen, could you please 
can we do it like this? And and um, yeah, he's he's very respectful to to musicians and to the scores. He knows his scores. He's always prepared. Please join us in the bonus room where I ask Hawken about how he was able to achieve such a great balance in his life. <laughs> 